Hi everyone, I'm Jay Halley and with me is Joe Binkley and together we serve at the chapel. And together too, we would like to say Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, good to be with you. And also together we get to walk you through a portion of the Lord's Prayer. I'd like to start with the Lord's Prayer, so let's pray together. It goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, Joe, this series is called 20 Seconds and it took me about 20 seconds to read that prayer. Um, they say we're, we're to wash our hands for 20 seconds during this time of the COVID-19 crisis. That's good for our hands, good for our bodies. But I think this prayer is good for our souls. Um, you know, Joe, you, I, I was the chaplain for the Kent State University football team for a number of years. And after every game, the players would drop on their knee in the locker room and pray this prayer. I later learned that Almost all college football teams do this, and sometimes they would pray it uh, really, really fast, especially if they lost yeah. a game, or a little bit more slowly if they won. But usually it was like in about 10 seconds, our mm -hmm. Father right in heaven. Um, and I grew up learning this prayer in church, and I probably said it just as quick. Mm -hmm. When did you hear this prayer for the first time? Yeah, similarly, I learned it through um, my sporadic church attendance as a kid, and it was just something that I, that I heard so many times that it, it just stuck in my mind, and I think most people could say it just like they could say the Pledge of Allegiance, and for me, that's sort of like what it was. Yeah. I don't really if I know if I understood yeah. the meaning or if the words really took, took heart for me. Right. Uh, but today, we want to look at just a small portion of the Lord's Prayer, mm -hmm. um, words that are so easy to just gloss right over. It's give us this day our daily yeah. bread. And I want to know, well, why would Jesus ask us to pray that? Why would he use those words to model our, our prayer? And we're going to look at four reasons those that short little part is so important. Yeah. And the first reason this prayer, uh, give us this day our daily bread is so important is because we need to remember who is who. Now, this is said so simply, yet I think it's very profound, and it's this, God is God and we are not. We need to remember that. It makes me think of a, a favorite passage in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, chapter 24, verse 1. Maybe you know it. It goes like this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Everything. Name something that is yours. <laughs> it's God's. We are the managers. Air in my lungs, the blood in my veins, the baby that we hold in our arms, the sunset, the mountains, the lake, uh, our house, our bank account, whatever it is, it first belongs to God. He is the owner of all things. Uh, but that leads me to another passage found in the letter of James, which I'll refer to later on. This comes from chapter 1, verse 17, and it goes like this. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father. All that we enjoy is provided to us from the good and gracious hand of God. It's that music we listen to. It's the food we enjoy. It's the relationships we, we enjoy. Everything eventually comes from the owner who provides for us. And so when we pray, uh, give us this day our daily bread, we are simply saying in a form of worship, God, 
you are the owner. God, you are the provider. Yeah, and you know, it makes me wonder because right before this in verse 8, Jesus said, he said this, he says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And I've wrestled with this for a long time. So if God already knows what we need, he already knows we need daily bread, then why, why do we ask for it? Yeah, you ask insightful questions and maybe you've had that question. I know I've had that question too. If God knows what we need, why do we need to ask? And there are probably some deep theological answers and I'm not going to be able to give any of those right now. But a simple response would be, This prayer, give us this day our daily bread, is a form of worship. It's a a statement of humility. It's a statement of God, you are God and I am not. You are the owner and I am not. You are the provider and I am not. I worship you in humility and with gratitude. Yeah, God doesn't need things. We need things, things like bread, you know, simple things. And maybe Jesus had in mind these words from Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 30, verse 8 says this, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Mm. And I wonder if Jesus was teaching this today, would he have to, you know, make some modifiers because maybe some hands would have shot up and said, well, you know, do you have a gluten-free option? Is it, is it organic? Do you have a cauliflower crust option? Cause I'm on a keto diet. Right. But I think what he's talking about here is necessities, mm. basics. Um, you know, how much more basic can you get than bread? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, in our world, Jay, we're, we're really never more than about, uh, 30 seconds from Mm. bread, uh, whether it's at the store or in our cupboards or Panera. And so I think that this would have held more weight to the first century listeners because bread was much more important to them. It was different back then too. It was simple. It was a flour made from crushed grain, water, maybe some oil. Um, It didn't last long, so they needed it more often. And this was basic. I mean, if there was no bread, there was no food. So they depended on God to provide um, the conditions the environment, the resources in order for them to have what they needed for their most basic needs. And God had done this before in the Old Testament. I love the story about um, God providing for the Israelites when they were, when they were in the desert for 40 years, he provided literal bread manna from heaven that they would go out and collect daily. And they, they would eat that. And I think what God was doing was providing for them, but also preparing them because they were about to enter the promised land Mm. and they were going to have abundant resources and they were going to be faced with the temptation of affluence, which we can often be tempted with today. It's, it's when you have so much, um, you don't real you you can easily forget that God is the provider. I've said that you know when the sun is out and the fridge is full and your bills are paid, it's not easy to remember how dependent we are on God. But the reality is 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 that we do depend on the goodness and the faithfulness of God for everything in our life. Yeah, you know I. I, I been thinking about that in America where everything has been so abundant for so long and now comes along Mm COVID-19 and sort of changes everything. And I wonder if this prayer, give us this day, our daily bread has become more meaningful for us as we walk into the grocery store and we see a shelf that has no more bread. The shelf has no more chicken. The shelf has no more toilet paper and we could go on and on. And you think, wow, this is Maybe I do need to pray this in earnest. 
Give us this day our daily bread, our needs. Yeah, the this prayer for daily bread reminds me that I'm literally dependent on everything for yeah. God. And maybe yeah. you've been laid off or lost your job, and now you're praying that. How am I going to get through this month, this week, this day? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is the one who can control the conditions, the situations, the events in our lives in order to give us the things that we need. And I genuinely believe that all good things that I've received in my life come from God. And yes, I've worked hard. Yes, I've, I've tried to make wise decisions. But God has even given me, given me the ability to do those things as well, too. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, Joe, um, you've been to some places in the world, Mexico, especially where there is food insecurity. Mm. And I've been in India and Burundi where, oh, my goodness, you just think, where is their next meal going to come from? And you would never think that about Ohio, northern Ohio. But the reality is here in Erie County and, um, and uh, uh, Huron County and Ottawa County. Yeah, I mean, there is some food insecurity, which makes me think about our third point, why this prayer is so important. It is we need to share. Um, I was thinking about the context of the Lord's Prayer, which is the Sermon on the Mount. Um, just a little bit on the Sermon on the Mount. It is really a picture of the kingdom of God. If God's values, if what all God is about could be lived out here on earth perfectly, it would look like the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it, it, the Sermon on the Mount is, is what uh, this, God's kingdom looks like, sounds like, feels like. Now, um, Ken Meadham, I think it was, a songwriter years ago, he wrote a song called Flying Upside Down. If we really lived according to the Sermon on the Mount, it'd be like flying upside down, living differently than the world lives. Or someone might say, uh, going against the grain or swimming upstream. But to understand the Sermon on the Mount and ultimately the Lord's Prayer and ultimately give us this day our daily bread a little bit more, let me just uh, uh, show you a parallel with the Old Testament. Uh, The book of Proverbs, which is the consummate book on wisdom. If you dig into that book a little bit, you'll understand that wisdom is supremely manifested when we are caring for those around us, when we're caring for our community. Now that's Proverbs, wisdom. Uh, But if you go into the New Testament, the letter of James, it's all about what faith looks like when it's really lived out. What do good deeds look like when we're giving to our community, when we're sharing with those around us? So if you take James, which is a parallel of the Sermon on the Mount, and Proverbs, which is a parallel of the Sermon on the Mount, you get an idea of what the kingdom of God looks like here on earth. And you'll notice in this prayer, It's not give me this day my daily bread, but it's give us this day our daily bread. The Christian life is not me-centric. It is us-centric. And and so I I think about uh, how maybe my needs have been met. I have all the bread I need or the different needs that I might have. But somebody in my community, somebody in my church may not. And they are praying, give us this day our daily bread. What if, Joe... Uh, God's way of answering their prayer is through me, that I would share because the ultimate expression of faith and love and wisdom and expression of the kingdom of God is me caring for my community around me. Yeah. We as followers of Jesus are all called to be agents of God's healing and transforming grace into a broken world. And as we've seen during this COVID-19 
crisis, we've we've seen the opposite of that. We have seen people mm. caring about themselves. We have seen people hoarding. When you go to the store and there's no cleaning supplies, there's no toiletries, there's, you know, some things are completely gone. Um, we see that type of behavior, yeah. which is which is natural human behavior. But on the other side of that, we've seen we've seen people also go the other direction mm. and give incredibly. You know, just here at the church, we had somebody offer their stimulus check to help to see if there were families in need. Cool. We've had we've had so much food donated. We've had hundreds of meals donated to people who've lost their jobs or gotten laid off. Um, we've gotten so many things, people praying for other people, people calling, people offering rides. Even if, So if you don't even have the resources to be able to do those things, uh, we've really seen people step up and share in some incredible ways. Mm. And in just a few moments, when we get to the end, I'll, mm. I'll share a resource, people, uh, a website people can go to to find out how they can share as well. But really that leads us to our, our last and probably most profound point related to give us this day our day daily bread. Yeah. You know, give us this day, our daily bread. We need, we need bread, physical bread, right? We need food to be able to survive. But more than that, we need Jesus. And, and, and here's what, here's what I mean. Jesus made a lot of statements about himself. He said, he said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the light of the world. I'm the resurrection and the life. He said that I am the vine. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And so we need physical food, but we also need spiritual food. And Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what we need more than anything, Jay, is food for our souls. Yeah, and I, you know, I have no problem knowing when I'm physically hungry. Yeah. I know where the refrigerator is. I can go uh, fill my belly. But you know, I, I, I wonder: is it possible for me to spiritually be starved and not know it? For me to go maybe just from Sunday to Sunday, get a little bit of Jesus here, get a little bit of Jesus there, but forget it through the week? I would never do that physically. Right. What about spiritually? Yeah, I think, you know, think about it. If you only ate for an hour every Sunday morning, by the time Sunday night rolls around, you're going to be pretty hungry mm -hmm. and, and starving by Monday or Tuesday. And so Jesus said that he is that bread for our life, for our spirit, for our souls. He made it clear when he says this in John six fifty one. he said, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. And if anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And when he said this, um, he said this to a huge crowd of people. And what happened next was pretty predictable. Um, the people who were following him because of what he was doing for them, um, providing food for them, healing the sick, um, performing miracles, they started to, they started to leave. Because Jesus was now calling them to a higher level of commitment, a higher level of following of discipleship, um, saying that he would needed to, that he was going to be the most essential part of their life. That he was not giving them the option of following him casually, following him from a distance, of being an, an addition to their lives. That he was the bread of their life, the the essential component of their life, not an addition, not a seasoning. Um, he was literal bread, a literal staple for our lives. And he was saying that he was essential for her, their very existence. And Jay, that's still true for us today. Yeah. So Joe, as we move toward our next steps and conc concluding thoughts, what I hear you saying is that we need Jesus more than we realize. Yeah, I, I agree. And so you might say, well, well, what does this look like for me 
tomorrow? What yeah. does this look like on a street level view of my life? Well, well, three things. Okay. And I think the, f- the first one is this, is that you've got to, you've got to ask yourself, is Jesus the bread of my life or is he just something added on? Um, maybe you're listening to this message and you've never really thought about that of having food for your soul or food for your spirit. Um, you've never experienced Jesus as being the bread of your life. And maybe you realize, wow, there's an emptiness in my soul. There's a, there's a starvation in my soul and my spirit. Um, and you've never, and you've tried to fill that hunger with many things, but they've always left you starving. And maybe today is the day where you decide to give your life to Jesus, to ask him to be that essential component of your life and experience the fulfillment that that brings. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been going to church for a long time. You've been following Jesus for a while and maybe for some time he was the bread of your life. But as you've gotten older and life gets crowded with kids and and jobs and school and all of these things, he's just gotten pushed more and more off to the side of the plate. And and now he's an addition and it's it's a Sunday morning Jesus and maybe a Wednesday night Bible study Jesus. And it's time for you to turn from that and to put him back into the center of your life. Mm. Or you might be listening to this and you, you might say, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time and he has been the bread of my life. He has been the staple and you experience the fulfillment and the peace and the joy that comes along with that. So of our next steps, the first one is really ask yourself, is, is Jesus the bread of my life? Yeah. The second one would be simply to pray. We're talking about the Lord's prayer. We're to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And so as you pray, make it a time of worship. God, you are the owner. You are the provider. You're the sustainer of all things. But also pray for your needs. Maybe it is bread. Maybe it's food. Or maybe it's another need. We're all different what our needs are. But here's a cool thing. That as we get to know God better through reading his word, uh, we begin to understand more and more of what God wants for our lives. And then we can pray more according to his will for our lives. So pray and pray for your needs, whatever those might be. Get to know God. And then the third one would be to simply share with others. Um, it's, it's, it may be that you have things you can share, physical things you can share. Uh, great. Um, do that. I think you will smile on the inside. It's good for our souls. Jesus says it is better to give than to receive. We don't give so we can receive, but it works that way. But even though you may not have physical resources to provide, to give away, perhaps you have some time to mow a lawn or to send a word of encouragement or to pray for someone or just come alongside someone and six feet away, of course, in some meaningful way. All right. Now, another thing you might want to consider is check out our webpage at the chapel website. It's just thechapel.tv forward slash local dash help. You'll find it if you just go to thechapel.tv. But on that page, you'll find not only places where you, uh, ways you can get help, but also ways you can give help, both physically as well as uh, giving time and just helping out in different ways. All right? Good to be with you today. Good to pray that prayer with you. Give us this day our daily bread. And uh, with that, let's close in prayer, praying as we begin the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Good to be with you.